time that virtually you know I'm a little bummed though I don't have any joints today well here let me give you one grace oh thank you you're welcome okay, that welcome wow that worked really well thanks it did you're welcome <laughs> what are you smoking well I should say what you are smoking today is runts oh one of the 2020 strains of the year one of my personal favorites I appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're in my office, which is full of weed leaves, as you can see. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> We're manifesting our colors of cannabis studio. Right. Um, actually, <laughs> hold on. Hold on, because I feel Ooh. like I can I can share this. This is my real office, and this is where I get my day-to-day -day done. Um, I'm usually sitting in this office with my bong with fresh water, surprisingly. Um, we have my like glass collection here that my husband and I have put together over the years. This is my day-to-day -day space. So if you're a client or a colleague and you've talked to me and I say I'm working from home, this is my little room. Now we know. We now you know. Inside scoop. That's the inside scoop. So how are you today, Grace? Good. And actually, um, I want to give our viewers the inside scoop. Uh, we had a little scare. I thought I have uh, someone within my community, which is small now. We all have maybe five or less people we hang out with. But uh, one of those five did get COVID. So um, we did go get tested. And while I found out last night I'm COVID free, um, we just had already went ahead and scheduled the Zoom meeting because um, we care about everybody's safety, you know? Well, I, I like that we decided to be cautious anyways and limit our contact with one another while yeah. you decided, while you got tested and, and <laughs> we decided what we were going to do. Um, and it's interesting, like this worked out really well. Like we figured out a Zoom background. We came up with a new idea for little Instagram posts that I think are gonna be fun to put together. So being able to pivot in your business is really important. Yeah, and again, I mean, it was just a scare and we were lucky that, you know, we're safe, our team is safe, uh, but it just didn't feel right to schedule production and everything in the midst of not knowing. So Great. safety first, in this case, I guess we didn't need it, but we had fun doing it. And we get right. to show you guys. Plus we get to pass joints through a screen. Oh, right, magic, magic. So I think today- um, But you know what? Oh, <laughs> our first technical difficulty. You know, it's hard. It's harder to do it like this than when I'm sitting next to you. I can see that Victoria is about to speak. I can see that she's still in the middle of her story. 
but there's probably like a one second delay. And in that delay, I have to look at her screen and then look at mine. And so bear with us. We might run into each other's senses just a bit, but we're figuring it out. And And I don't know if this is what you were going to say, but I was going to say kind of cool that today's is like this because usually we have the production team and with the lights so perfect, it doesn't look like I'm a ghost and right in the background, but that's okay because today (laughs) it goes great with our topic, um, which is self-compassion. And I just want to start by kind of letting people know what that means, because we hear people say self-esteem a lot. And the thing is, self-esteem is like a scale of measurement. And you can, you have high self-esteem, you have low self-esteem. And that's why I like self-compassion, because it's not a scale of measurement. It's just, do you have compassion for yourself? So... Since we talked last week, I I did some research into self-compassion myself because that was the first time I've heard it termed that way. I mean, you talk, we talk a lot about, you know, appreciating ourselves and having self-esteem and self-confidence and self-compassion was just such a new term to me. And I really, really liked it. And one of the things that stood out to me as I did research is it's your own perceived self inadequacies that you have to learn to be compassionate about. And whether that's like, I perceive myself to not be quite as far along in my career as I would like to be. Mm -hmm. I don't get me wrong. I'm happy with where I'm at, but like at the age I am, and I just turned 34 years old, I did have a different picture in my mind of where I would be. But interestingly enough, I also learned through age, wisdom, and experience that you have to be the one that's responsible for taking control of what you want and and how things look and how things make you feel, right? And I had let a lot of the things in my life dictate where I was versus me taking control of where I wanted to be. And I'm getting to that point where I'm taking more control of decisions in my career and my, my certain aspects of my life. And I'm able to speak up for myself and say, this is what I want. This is what feels good. And I'm not interested in that. So I think that's where a lot of your self-compassion comes into play too, is like, Hey, don't feel bad. You're not where you're at where you think you want to be, or you don't look the way you want to be, like, understand that your struggle, this is the other thing that came up in research, recognizing that your struggle in the self-compassion is everybody's struggle. Yes. And it's, you know, in, uh, in, I mentioned the book before, but there is a book, Self-Compassion, and before we're done, I'll grab it just to show the author if anyone wants to read it. It's a great read. Um, But in the first chapter, it challenged the reader to actually do an assignment, to write yourself a letter and to write it as though you were writing your best friend, but your best friend being you. What would you say to your best friend? So you first think about like all the things, because we speak to ourselves in our mind. You know, for me, I, for a long time, I struggled with being 
too skinny. Not so much anymore, but like, but growing up, especially during adolescence, when you're trying to figure out who you are, I didn't feel beautiful because I felt like I didn't have, I'm going to go there. I didn't have boobs yet. They barely just came in guys. <laughs> I didn't have, you know, I saw like women. Moon like world. Yeah. <laughs> a little different. We got, this is like a before and after video. I don't know. Rest enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that's the point. Whether you're this size, whether your boobs are voluptuous, like Victoria, Victoria might be thinking, oh, how do I look in this shirt? And I'm thinking, how do I look in this shirt? The point is that we all have that voice in our heads. And I know unless you are Tony Robbins, you're beating yourself up. And I urge you to take a look at those things. This is what that first chapter tells you is look at those things that you're saying to yourself. Now write yourself a letter and address it, but you're writing it to your best friend. So would you say to your best friend, oh man, grace that inner tube you got going maybe you should stop eating those munchies at night or gosh you got all those gray hairs they're there the lighting is amazing right now you should diet all those things I'm saying to myself would I say that to my best friend no so why do we do that to ourselves I would never turn to my best friend and go man you got chicken legs you should like eat more oh you've got gray hairs you should dye that you know and it's like why do we do that to ourselves? Because natural. Yeah. We just, it's easier to be mean to ourselves. I don't know. It's, it's so easy to be mean to yourself and compare yourself to everybody in the world. And like, especially now, <clears throat> so I'm going to go there. Um, I am technically a millennial, but I'm in within the millennial sphere of things. I'm considered a zillennial which is the first year of millennials. So I had- But I'm a millennial. You are, and you're a millennial as well too. You're in that first few years. <laughs> We're barely millennials. So what this means is that we had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. And by analog childhood, it means we still went out and had to fucking- <laughs> make time to hang out with our friends we couldn't just text we weren't they weren't available to us at you know a thumb if literally that's your thumb like right in yeah. the palm of your hand if you called someone just for the younger generation if you called someone and they didn't answer tough shit yeah message and that's it no oh you didn't answer text right? me and now I need a response and maybe if you were lucky your parents paid for caller id and star 69 so you can dial those people back and see who it was I was lucky I was yeah, lucky. I was too now, I was too we don't even answer the phone if I don't but know the number I'm like who's this what do you want <laughs> but it's so different I I realized our age plays a part in probably hopefully a part of our sanity right because I don't understand how women just a little bit younger than us can function in this world when Instagram Facebook everything everything around us is is putting out images of perfection and these images are changing they're including bigger women women of color women of all shapes sizes and everything so those images are changing but fuck that bitch can afford to be at the spa today when I'm at work 
she's getting a facial right now at a $400 spa. And there's just so many different things thrown at us all the time that we have to fit into or that we have to make work into our lives. These, these images of perfection that are not attainable. And, you know, I'm going to give you an example for this zoom meeting, Victoria and I noticed that I am washed out. I have every light in my home off. I have a one ring light. That's it. I've played every color. And for some reason, it, it became such an issue. I took bronzer and put it all over my face. This is what we do yeah. to get a good look. And I still look washed out. But the point is that so beautiful. none of this is real in a sense. Like we're not curling our hair every day just for life. We do this for you guys. It's right. entertainment. And there's become this huge disconnect between the entertainment world and real life. Because now on yeah. all these social media platforms, what do we all have? Filters. Guys, yeah. I don't even have to put makeup on anymore. Oh, I, I had recently discovered Snapchat and the filters and how they make you look is just night and day. I look good in almost every pic. There's this one filter. Every picture I take, I look amazing in. Do you know that it's funny you mentioned that I was addicted to Snapchat filters. I couldn't take a picture without it. And it hit a point where I wanted to get a nose job. Guys, my nose is great. I love my nose, okay? And I've never had a problem with this nose. This is the nose I was born with. And suddenly the filter was making my nose like- I noticed it, that. It comes up a little and it's smaller. And I was like, oh, hey. For just a minute, guys, I almost talked myself into a nose job and then I realized what happened to the girl who's grown up her whole life, loving her nose, loving her face. I'm gonna take it a step further. I almost got Botox this year. I had been thinking about it a long time and I may still do it in the future, okay? I'm not opposed to it at all. I just wanna start there, I'm not opposed. But I almost got it this year. And, and the reason I'm it. sharing that is I'm a 37 year old woman. Yes, the lighting is bright, but there's barely wrinkles on this face. Maybe when I do that. But I got so used to the filters yeah. that I wanted a perfect face. So I went in and I looked at some of the most beautiful, all the people in there are beautiful, by the way. And as I looked at them all, a doctor started telling me what I needed to change on my face, my chin, apparently. He told me my lip sagged. Guys, a doctor told me my lip sagged. And it clicked. He's right. I don't look like them. I don't look like models. I don't look perfect because we're human. We have flaws. We have wrinkles. This wrinkle here tells me that I've got years of crying and and it reminds me of memories yeah i'm ashamed to say i wanted to change this face i didn't want to like help with wrinkles or 
I didn't want to help accentuate my God-given beauty. I wanted to change it. And it clicked. The only thing that had changed was me. Sorry, I don't even think, we didn't talk about this. This wasn't part of our scheduled talk. I'm almost going to cry. I feel it because if I'm being really honest, I'm, okay, so in the last, like, maybe two weeks, that's how fresh this is. I've started telling people in my house and and friends that I want to have my chin done underneath my chin. Um, and I've said it in the last two weeks and surprisingly enough, it coincides with when I started using Snapchat filters and they do lengthen your face and skinny them and make all sorts of changes. I tend to shy away from those ones, but the filters are just enough to like change you in such a way you do start wanting those changes. And so I realized like, oh wow, the Snapchat is right in line with when I realized I think I want to get my chin done. And I'm willing to spend like thousands of dollars and go through a surgery and have pain because I don't like my double chin. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Fuck, you know, I depend that. It's like at the end of the day, you're so intelligent. You are, you really are. And I, sorry to our listeners we're having a moment here (laughs) you're such an intelligent person that for me when you tell me you're going to make a choice I respect it on a different level because I know how much thought you've put into it thank you and so at the end of the day if you choose to do that for you and anyone out there that is your choice if there's something you want to do do it but I just yeah. urge you to ask yourself why. That's exactly. Because I know I almost changed my nose. And when I hear you say, you know, about the neck thing, I can't, wow, we're getting real on this show, guys. I've been thinking about it too. Yeah. We do the podcast and I started seeing this. There it is. Yep. It's a part of me, guys. It's yep. just a part of me. And the truth is, as we say it, I don't even want to look at myself right now. That's how much I hate it. Like, and I don't see it. It's what it is. I look at you and I think, damn, I need to step up my hair game because look at that hair on point. Damn, (laughs) I don't even. My boobs don't take the screen at all. I'm trying to see (laughs) here. I think, why am I washed out? And you're in Jamaica. the point is guys this is what we're telling you have self-compassion right give yourself a fucking break like and just okay let's be real like all of this pressure from from what we do to ourselves and not having self-compassion does that cause you any anxiety you know it does it's, you know, even before we shoot an episode for the podcast, I'm excited. I'm, it's, yeah. We're with friends. We're with people we care about. And I will start, as I was told this last week, I'll start procrastinating. I really ask myself, why? You get nervous. I get nervous. You, I start thinking about where I'm going to sit on the couch because what what's I watch old podcasts to see what angle I'm sitting best at. Like I've yeah. discovered, watch this. Hair forward down like that is the most sultry way. Guys, it's in my face. That's why I keep pushing it back. 
we're telling you guys this because no one talks about this, but we all feel it. <laughs> like, don't you feel it? This pressure and now new things, guys. It's not even just how to angle yourself, how to look good on camera anymore. Now you got to learn how to edit photos. You got to be a fucking editor. You got to be a photographer. You got to be an editor. You got to, holy shit. Amen. I'm being serious. I'm downloading new apps, four other apps. I'm learning how to do shit that I didn't think I needed to learn. Yeah. If I would have known, I would have minored. <laughs> right? A lot of different things. Right? If we knew the world was going to be all about digital media, I might have paid more attention to my art classes. But It's hard for the zillennials. Yeah. It's hard for us. Dude, all I cared about, like, I thought growing up was going to be, fuck, cursing, partying, <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, that's what I thought adulthood would be. And in reality, adulthood is, fuck, paying bills. Yeah. Waking up every day to go to work and like balancing your social life with work life, with social yeah. media life, with family life. Exactly. But I did want to talk about how we deal with anxiety. Yeah. And anxiety in general. And one of the things I wanted to share with you guys, if I can get my mouse to work, there we go. They call it cannabis. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to share with you guys is something we're going to start doing on a weekly basis. And this is a COA, a certificate of analysis. This one happens to be from Pride Analytics and Consulting. The so I want to explain to our viewers, because anyone who's not in the cannabis world, and we do have viewers that aren't. A COA, um, it's, this is specifically for cannabis. The certificate is only for that. So getting there. So this COA happens to be from Pride Analytics and Consulting, the company I work for. And what a certificate of analysis is, and a certificate of analysis can be issued by any lab for any type of product. A COA is literally just a term for a test report. So you might hear these things referred to as test reports or COAs. Um, in shops, dispensaries, you might even say, look at the QR codes for test results. But what you're gonna be directed to is this. And they look so different from lab to lab. Uh, this is a fake COA that my company mocked up that I could share with you guys. And so, in the COA, you'll see things like total THC, total CBD, total cannabinoids. You'll see a sample name. You'll see the date it was tested, the date it was collected on. Um, but what I want to focus on today are cannabinoids. So when you get into a dispensary and you purchase a product and you scan the QR code right here in the corner, that's usually on your jar. Um, on the outside label, sometimes on the inside, but you'll find a QR code somewhere. You may even have the test results printed directly on the packaging. Um, but what you'll see are these cannabinoids. And this is what's really important to you if you want to use cannabis in a therapeutic manner. 
you want to see which cannabinoids are present, the level that they're at, if it's really high in a certain cannabinoid or really low in a certain cannabinoid, and you want to understand how these cannabinoids work. Um, do you so think can I missed I it? ask you? Please. Just, uh, and I'll, since we don't have people that get to ask questions. So if you guys remember last week, oh, actually, we could go back to okay. the report. Perfect. Hi, guys. Oh, it's a good thing I was here. <laughs> I, I got up to grab something. Okay, so last week, you remember, we talked about THCV. Yes. So just to throw it out there, we did mention uh, it was great. It was a great anti-inflammatory. Uh, and we talked about using that also. We can't make claims ever, guys, but just our personal opinion as cannabis professionals is that you could use THCV when with the other right properties as a, uh, a food appetite suppressant. A thank you. Appetite suppressant. So I just want to point out that in this specific report, you can see it's not present. So see guys, how cool that is. Like when you really start to understand these different cannabinoids, like, I know it sounds like fancy words and, oh, I hated science, but no, this is really cool. And doctors aren't going to give you this information. So right now, I think we they have will. our unofficial <laughs> doctor, <laughs> Victoria. Um, um, not really even close. To this. It's but really cool shit, guys. I do want to start educating you guys about cannabinoids because I think that you have a, a want to learn about cannabis when you listen to us. And so I want to share what I know and how we use it and how it affects our lives. So just dealing with anxiety is huge. And everybody has mentioned, I don't seem to be a fan of CBD or the CBD market. And it's true. I'm not a fan of the hemp derived CBD market that has come into play since the 2018 farm bill passed. I'm not a fan. Can you of it. bring me back on for this? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize I was not oh, there. No, um, it's okay. I, can, I I, uh, can I add something to that? Yeah. Just, so before we, because this is such a good point. Um, I really want people to hear this. We have different opinions on this. And <laughs> I, I love that because you guys were real people, we're real friends and we respect each other's opinions. So it's cool if you guys feel one way or another, whichever way that is. If we encourage it, don't be afraid to have these conversations with your friends. So I will just say, I have a product I use um, that is a hemp-derived uh, product. It is, I'm gonna say their name because I, I love them. And I'm gonna say why. Don't do it, don't say their name. Because of where I'm gonna go with this conversation. Here's what I will say. Only you know your body and only you know what works for you. And there isn't a single thing Victoria could say to change my mind on this because when I have been sick, this is my go-to. This is what I buy. This is what I used this recent week to get me out of being sick. I, I'm going to spare the name unless anyone, you guys want to write in, I'm happy to tell you what it is. But the point is I use a hemp derived tonic of sorts. I use a, a, 
sublingual tincture. And um, guys, again, look up the ingredients for yourself. It's what works for you. But because I know where she's about to go with this, I want to state that my opinion is different and it's based on what worked for me. What works for you might be different, but what worked for me was indeed a hemp derived product. And I'm not taking away from what psychosomatic effects people feel from using CBD products. I believe that's real. I 100% there is so much research on the fact that what your mind believes changes what your body does. And she's and right. That is a real thing. That's, However, that's okay. Knowing that as a conscious person who understands that, I didn't go into it thinking it would work. I'm serious. My right. friend gave it to me and it's a good friend of mine. And because I care for her, I thought, whatever, I'll just do it for her. Seriously. It was my soulmate. Anyways, <laughs> for but the few people that knew what that was, but she, the she cannabinoid is the and fifth I didn't product. It. Victoria, that combo with it works for me. I had spots in the back of my mouth. This was a while ago. I had spots in the back of my mouth. I knew it was strep. I went to go see a doctor. I was uninsured as a lot of Americans are. And uh, they wanted $750 just to take me in because I was uninsured. And I just didn't have it at the time. And so I opted out. And then a girlfriend said, use this tincture. I started using the tincture. I didn't believe in it. I was thinking, you know what? I got to ask my parents for the money. I got to, I'm thinking next yeah. move. What am I going to do next? And about three days later, I realized my mouth was healing. The only thing different was I was religiously taking this. I mean, I went through the bottle in almost two weeks. Well, and to be fair, I don't know if those other four ingredients before the cannabinoid have those healing effects because there are other plants in the world that are extremely healing outside of cannabis. And we know how to use those plants, right? Yeah. I just don't know when you were talking about a product like that with a cannabinoid being the fifth ingredient on the list, Mm -hmm. which means it's at a lower concentration than other things in it. And I know this. And then it again, not being something derived. If it's hemp seed derived, it has less efficacy than a CBD. I double check. What's and that's what I, why I'm saying, I can't remember, but I don't what think it, was. it was hemp seed. I think it was more that it was very low on the list. Right. Um, but and in then it had like a couple this, other ingredients that I think, but in general for CBD, ton- CBD tonics that are sold right now on the market and why I'm not a fan is because most of these are hemp seed derived and not necessarily a CBD isolate which is a higher quality a better potency easier to dose um which is important right when you're you're talking about using this as medicine but i wanted to talk about cbd because i do think there is a lot of value in cbd uh in fact there's been so much research that suggests that cbd has powerful pharmacological effects um and it has anti-inflammatory properties and it's an amazing cannabinoid that we don't know enough about yet because there hasn't been enough research to support it. But what we do know is that it's helped with PTSD. It's helped with panic disorders. It's helped with social anxiety disorders. Um, In a recent study, we've found that it helps with 
cancer-related sy symptoms and just your overall mental health. So there's so much use for CBD. If, if someone is going to use CBD, I do think that they, we might be going over 30 minutes on this episode. Oh, well, actually, I, then let that bell be a quick way for me to ask you this. Yeah. So we're talking about self-compassion. We're talking about different cannabinoids. I truly consider you an expert in this field. I value your opinion. What would you say, like to someone like me, I get a lot of daily, just, I get social anxiety. I get just kind of shit. I get anxiety by myself. Right. What do you recommend? Like, so that's where I was going with what I was saying is CBD is a great, great cannabinoid to help with anxiety. Right. But if you're going to use CBD, my preference would be to use a CBD that's derived from the regulated cannabis market, a cannabis derived CBD product of which there are lots to choose from on the market. And why I suggest this is one cannabis on the California regulated market goes through regulated testing. Yes. So if we go back to that COA, and by the way, there are off market brands. Um, I can think of a few that do, do actually offer testing, even though it's not required, but she's correct. Most people, unless they're in our, in our, sorry, unless they're in yeah. our field, don't even know that wouldn't know to ask for testing because it's not a requirement. So I actually go into CBD shops frequently. And when you go into these CBD shops, the branded CBD shops, they'll actually tell you, oh, and look at this test report. And they use that as a selling point. And what consumers don't realize is those test reports are created from in-house labs. So there is a bias. They're not accredited. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine, guys? I want you to think about what she just said. Like they create, The company lab. made their own lab and said it passed is what happened. Um, and the really good companies will do their in-house testing, but then they'll pay for testing from a third party that's objective. And that's what a good company does is they say, yeah. I need objective science to say, I have a product that passes pesticides, heavy metals, residual solvents, all of yeah. those things that really matter. So if you're going to use CBD, then I suggest a cannabis derived CBD, but if you're worried about testing dirty and you want a hemp derived CBD, then just make sure you're shopping with a company and a brand that you can trust. And there are things to look for outside test reports from an ISO yeah. 17025 accredited lab. And it'll say that on the bottom of the certificate. Can you say that again for us? And we'll go ahead and um, we'll I can't show that in the COA. You want to see a certificate that has ISO 17025 on the bottom of the certificate. Um, and it'll be very clear. And if it's a third-party accredited lab, you can trust that they really tested that product and it's really passing or it's really failing. So guys, I guess, you know, really what Victoria is telling you and we're urging you is go to real shops, go to health and wellness shops that are dedicated to selling either cannabis products where you are going to have some THC in the product 
or go to real, we now have CBD specific retailers and yeah. still even within those retailers, ask the right questions, ask them, you know, is this a third party tested product or am I looking at in-house testing? These are things that if they can't answer, then maybe you don't want to even try that product. But there are brands out that have it. There are products out there that, that do it. To me, that speaks volumes when there isn't a regulation, but they're still taking the time to show you the testing from a third party. And I just think transparency is going to be key. If a company is willing to do and show you what they're doing, then take the time and like research those different cannabinoids research, even within, I mean, we hear CBD, but for those that don't know it, there's a variety. I, of and that's actually where CBD. I wanted to like touch on next is so outside of CBD, when you're talking about cannabinoids as a supplement, CBDA is something that you can find and it's actually if I can go into such depth about CBDA, we could spend another 20 minutes on it, but it's a cannabinoid that you should absolutely grab if you see it in some kind of isolated form. If you're having issues with, you know, inflammation, um, it, it's a cannabinoid there's not enough research on, but what CBDA is, is it's the precursor to CBD. And what that means is CBDA a turns into CBD, CBD via the process of decarboxylation. And if mm-hmm. you don't know what decarboxylation is, it's putting heat and time to a product or something that has CBD A and it turns into CBD. Um, so if you find a CBD A CBDA isolate, you should absolutely use that. And then outside of cannabinoids, I also so wanted to suggest- you mentioned inflammation and then you started to say, but we went off a little, what was the, the main benefit? So CBDA, it has, it helps with inflammation. It helps with people that have. Being the precursor to CBD. So CBDA is the precursor to CBD. And so anytime you have CBD in like a whole flower product, you also have CBDA because Mm -hmm. once you add heat and time to that flower, it becomes CBD. So, I mean. Lovely. I, I just really quickly, I feel like this is, wholeheartedly appropriate but right now I am going to be consuming a THCA bowl and by the process of this this is still runs oh okay and by the process of decarboxylation heat and time I've turned it into DHC it's like magic. <laughs> kind of like the screen. It was pretty. <coughs> so what she's explaining, guys, is that THCA, when taken, and then as you saw, she applied heat, and it took time to, to inhale it. 
uh, at that point it becomes, it actually becomes the THC. Delta 9 THC. Sorry? Delta 9 THC. Delta 9 THC. I was so trying to if we're getting really specific. I was trying to put it in layman's terms because I felt like we were so specific. Did we lose them? I don't think so, actually. I think people are hungry for this. So two key takeaways. If you see a CBDA isolate and like a capsule. I think you have to explain to people what isolate means. In a capsule, the cannabinoid by itself. I think at this point we people kind of have an idea that it's the isolated cannabinoid. So I'm going to take a poll this week. You should. No. Uh, Yeah. Wait till you see the results from the last one. It was like more than I anticipated. Get a CBDA isolate. If you ever see it, CBD is good for you. If you ask the right questions and I have one third thing to add. My favorite way to consume cannabis is flour. I get my anxiety relief from full spectrum flour, like runts, which I'm smoking right now. Explain to everyone what full spectrum is. A full spectrum of cannabinoids. So it's not just a CBD product. It's not just THC. So it's A it's to CBD. Everything. <laughs> exactly. Everything under the sun. I just, I, I promise you, I know it seems like it's just nothing when we talk about it, but there's a lot of people out there that are going to go home and kind of go, what is that? What is that? Good. I and hope they do good. ask us questions, but I promise you in the future, um, you know, we're going to try to really break these things down and maybe even have more, more test results, more things that you can see, because I think it was cool to be able to show you it as we talk about it. So you could see it in real life or real life. So <laughs> where I was going with what I was saying is that where I get my relief from is flour and a really important part of flour when people buy flour is it's important to them how it smells. And where that smell comes from are terpenes. And we'll talk about this more on another episode, but terpenes are found in everything from the oranges you have on your counter to the weed you're smoking in your jar. And so when I'm looking for anxiety relief, I am looking for things that are high in beta-caryophylline, myrcene, and limonene. And... I think we can do an episode to cover each of these in the future, but those are the three terpenes that are important to me when I'm looking for anxiety, relief, and flower. And I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in virtually with us. And we will be back to our regular programming next week, but we appreciate you and stay elevated. Thank you.